0: I spent my whole damn life in the city. I could go for broke, but the capital is in me. I spent my whole damn life in the city. Anywhere I go, DC's coming with me. I spent my whole damn life
1: in the city. I could go for broke, but the capital is in me. I spent my whole damn life in the city. Anywhere I go, DC's coming with me my whole damn life in the city i could go for broke but the capital is in me welcome everyone to district divided a dc sports podcast more specifically a washington commanders podcast i am amit that is my co-host k dot k dot how are you doing today sir
0: I, feel like I got another fucking cold so if i'm popping ricolas over here on my end don't worry about it i also don't like the fact that the natural sunlight makes me look like i'm whitewashing just a bit i am darker in person, I'm proud of my dark skin, and I don't fucking like this shit.
1: So we got a prideful man with a cold that may sound like this a right. oh, little <laughs> Moments of the episode because of the Ricola. Uh, you should have heard him before the pod. Anyway, um, this episode is about the overall season for the Washington Commander. So we're going to have a little bit of a season review where we both go, was it a failure? Was it a success? Or what parts of it were a success? What parts of it were a failure? Uh, we're then going to jump into the offseason. What expectations do we have? What are we hopeful for? Things like that. Uh, we'll talk about Derek Carr as well, who uh, penned a goodbye letter uh, to the Las Vegas Raiders on Twitter. And would you take Derek Carr over here? Uh, and then we'll jump into wildcard predictions as well. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like the video. Please comment. Please share. Please subscribe to the channel. It helps us a whole lot um, getting in the habit of saying that at the very beginning, dot. Love it. Love it. All right. Well, with that, let's jump into it. This season, we could not have finished more 500 if we had tried. Eight, eight and one okay and it ended on a bit of a bittersweet high if you will we were eliminated in horrible horrible fashion at home against the cleveland browns who just aren't a good team but then we get to see sam howell in his first ever nfl start and debut and uh, he showed some promise so that's how it ended and we had little bits during the season where heineke led us on a five-game win streak and by led us, just to make sure i don't Get the wrath of K Dot here. He managed the game enough successfully to be able to see some victories. Um, and then at the beginning of the season, Carson Wentz had shown some promise. Those first two games statistically really good. Um, and then it just sort of fell apart a little bit. So K Dot season review. What sort of letter grade would you give it? Or if you'd rather not, and you sort of jump into it at some point, break it down for us. What went well, what didn't.
0: Yeah, it's hard to give an overall letter grade because there are certain things you can look to. Uh, like, I'm hard-pressed to say anything, honestly, <laughs> right at this particular point in time. Because I know that I don't necessarily fall in the same wavelength as some other people with the way that I look at the season overall and the way that I think it went. Um, I think what I did before watching this episode was watching the episode that we did last year around this exact same time when the season ended, And I'm wondering, all right, how do I feel based off of that and how do I feel coming off the season this season is a tale of um lows and highs being just above mediocre not really great highs right so it's one of those seasons that just feel underwhelming but at the at, at, and that and I think that's the thing more than any of it it's just underwhelming if you had to look at it it's not I not without saying a letter grade because i I think that like defense you look at certain things that they were doing on defense the certain things that some of the skills position players do i'm like oh i want to grade those pretty high right um but then i look at the quarterback position overall if i'm looking at it throughout the course of the season a failure and we 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 knew that right like going into this season we knew that they needed to get more out of the quarterback position they didn't do that and i look at that and i say okay did you make progress from last year to this year technically Yes, as far as from a win standpoint, but also it doesn't feel that way. And especially with the way that the season itself ended, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. feel victorious. It doesn't feel like we're, it doesn't feel like to the fan base or anything else that we're moving in a, in a, in a, in a, in necessarily the right direction as much as most people want everything to kind of get blown up at this particular point in time. Right. Right. So overall, what I do is I say it's, um, if I look at it almost like a measured sort of sense, this season overall is a failure. We didn't truly improve off of last season. We didn't make the playoffs. And going into year three, you can't say the trajectory looks overwhelmingly overwhelmingly compared to last year that we're going light years beyond where it is. We're, we're supposed to be taking that big step according to Ron Rivera in year three. right? And right. I can't say that we did that. Like You can look at the record. We did not do that. And at the end of the day, when it comes to anything that went bad or the season not going the way it does, I still have to look at Ron. I got to look at the front office and say, you're the ones that led us here. This is what it is. It's unfortunate. I don't necessarily, if, it, and that's where I look at it from a hindsight standpoint. I don't necessarily disagree with almost anything they did going into this season. Okay. To a certain degree. So I don't know what we could have had that was much better than what we had this season, if I'm being really honest about it. Sure. Right. Um, So that's where those things is like, while I am hard pressed to say it's a failure, I don't really see a way in which this season doesn't go much differently than it did, unless kind of luck bounces your way to a certain degree.
1: Fair enough. Um, So I agree with, I'm going to say most of what you said. And then at the very end, I'll I'll push back just a little, which is that I I think when you and I both heard about the Carson Wentz trade, we weren't. Thrilled, um, because I think we both in that instant reaction moment went, is this a significant enough upgrade to the position that it's worth the 26 or 28 million dollars against the cap, as well as the picks, right. knowing that he was probably going to be released? We then jumped into the idea of, well, if he got released and he had his choice of team, would he even come here? So maybe we had to trade for him. So just putting that in context first. I do wonder, because we did have the, okay, once it sat with us a little bit, and this is true with anything, once it sat with us that Carson Wentz was going to be our starting quarterback, well, then you play football on paper. You go, okay, he's got the arm talent. He's got that near MVP season if he hadn't gotten hurt. And a lot of sort of ifs come into your mind and you get optimistic. It's natural as a sports fan. Um, and so just to you know look at the other side, I wonder if we had that money. Right. I wonder what we would have done in the off season in terms of addressing various positions. It's hard to play that game, uh, but that's the only sort of that's the only sort of bit where I wonder what if we hadn't done that. And it's easy to say, given that it didn't work. Do you see what I'm trying to say?
0: Can you humor me for a moment? Just of course. In a, in a sense. Uh, Absolutely. So what I want to do is I want to go back. I want to go back in time to last season for a second. Right. Let's do it. Um, and if I'm being long winded, just give me the scoot right back on. OK. I, got coffee so I time. Don't really, worry about it. I want us to really remember where it is that we were last off season. Okay. Yeah. So, um, we come off the, we come off that, uh, the, the, we, we come off what, with a seven to nine season last year. Whatever fuck. Um, uh, we, we, we look at everything. We say, okay, you've got an offensive line that's ranked top six. Yes. You have a defense that was missing chase young and had a bunch of injuries at the end of the season, but, there's a hell of a core that's right there, right? Yes. Um, we look at the positions overall and we say, okay, linebacker's a position to need. Um, the secondary, we probably want to address, right? But the defensive mm-hmm. line, everything is straight. And offensively, we looked at everything. We said Terry McLaurin has been a stud. We just wish we had somebody that could deliver in the football better. Curtis Samuel, in the limited time that we saw him, looked pretty decent, but he didn't really get much playing time because he was hurt most of the season, right? Yeah. Um, and then you look at running back, you saw Antonio Gibson. Um, We liked what we saw from Antonio Gibson, but we also said, hey, you know, if we could get a a real running back compared to a dude who played wide receiver and then play running back, we would love that as far as coming, right? All right. So then you look at, all right, how do they address those things going into this season? The quarterback position is the fundamental thing that I think all of us look back on and say, okay, while it was a failure this year, could anything have done differently? So that's the thing that that we need to really, really hone in on. The Carson Wentz trade, while everybody should have had the same reaction, which was sort of like the same reaction we had, which was like, eh,
1: eh. A bit underwhelming,
0: initial, right? A bit underwhelming, right? Especially when you saw all these quarterbacks were supposed on the move this offseason, this last offseason, right? Aaron Rodgers in the conversation, Russell right. Wilson in the conversation, right? Um, Aaron Rodgers door slammed shut before it even fucking got there to us. Basically, they said, do not disturb as soon as we were walking up to the door, yes. right? Russell Wilson, we offer more to Seattle than Denver offered to Russell Wilson. Russ says, I'm not going to fucking Washington, right? Right. Um, That slammed shut in our face. Um, Then you look around. Jimmy Garoppolo was the guy that they really wanted, right? Jimmy Garoppolo, the moment that the rumor comes that Washington's looking at him, I'm having surgery. (laughs) He he gets the surgery done. That kibosh on that, right? So Mm -hmm. then you look around as far as, all right, who else is there? You could, you, you, you look at, nobody's looking at Geno Smith. No one was looking at Sam Donald or any of those guys. You wouldn't right. look at those guys as a significant upgrade or anything. Right. Then yeah. you see Carson Wentz, you say, okay, 26 touchdowns, seven interceptions didn't look great at the end, but maybe that was some coaching. There's some issues as far as the defense down the stretch, this, that, and the other, Uh, this dude might be a free agent, but as we know in Washington, people don't like to come here. You have to pay a premium to have them come here, right? Even if you look at the guys that we had going in the last offseason, they offered Brandon Sheriff more money than any guard has ever made in the history of the NFL. He said no. He's not coming back, right? And how many times have you had that where we're in the room with someone, hey, we, you, and you have to either pay out the ass to get them to come here, or they outright mm-hmm. said, look, I'm not doing blinders on, I'm not fucking coming to Washington. Because there's a guy that's in the, that's in the front office, that's, uh, that's at the top of the fucking uh, pyramid, that I'm not going to go play for. Right. Right. So you have that. So the Carson Wentz thing, when you started looking at it, it, was like, okay, you had to trade in order to get the real upgraded quarterback. Cause nobody else looking across the league free agency wise was willing to come here, could be afforded. There was no guarantees and they had to do it. So while I also understand that you'd want to use that money to address other positions, right? I wanted Landon Collins back. I wanted it. Eric flowers. I wanted all these guys here. Right. Yeah. I don't know what happened with the Landon Collins thing at all. Coming to look at it, we still had enough money to sign him if you look at what it is that New York did to go sign him. It was a choice that we made not to do it, right? If we're looking at linebacker overall, the only real linebacker that made a difference as far as what it is that we play with, because there's another thing, defensively, we finish one of the top defenses in the league, Mm-hmm. they've eliminated sort of the need for the linebacker position with what they're doing with the secondary players, right? right. The, 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 the linebacker, you don't need three linebackers back.
1: Could I summarize for a moment what yep. I think you're trying to get at, which is that, okay, even if we had the additional money, who's coming here anyway? Is that sort right. of a bit? That's okay. sort
0: of the thing. Is like it like, right now, if any of us got told last offseason, hey, we're going to run it back with Taylor Heineke.
1: But see, I think that's where maybe we differ because for me, it was... Get that A-list QB, and if you don't, I don't think there's much point in bringing in a B or C list. The,
0: we may I as well the, run it back. The, but, the, but the thing that we all, with the thing that we did say past a certain point with Carson was, look, we had other guys that we wanted here, right? Yes. I'm just saying those guys, I don't look at Bobby Wagner and say that he was going to sign with us.
1: No, you would have to pay the premium, like you're talking about.
0: You see what I'm saying? And I, right. I, 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 that's not gonna happen. If you look at the the the, the linebacker that changed they, and that was uh, wasn't that midseason? It was Rokon Smith for for? Yeah, he uh, went to Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah, and I would have loved that. Absolutely, I don't see Rok. If Rokon has a choice between Baltimore and Washington, what's he picking?
1: Yeah, no, he's absolutely picking Baltimore. You see what
0: right. I'm saying? So it's like if they ran it back with Taylor Heineke, and then even if they had the money, nobody that they could sign because once again, there's still Dan Snyder in that office, right? Mm-hmm. And they're still hearing the stories from Trent Williams. They're still hearing the stories from other guys. They're just not going to sign here. I think that's the thing that we have to be mindful of hindsight wise is sure. that when trying to improve the football team, what did they do and how did they address it? And they did the best with the information I think they had. And at the end of the day, back to a corner, I don't think any of us in that same situation wouldn't have done the same thing. That's okay. the only thing I'm looking at. Um, Fair enough. But then if you look at the other things that we were trying to address as far as the offense, right? They drafted uh, Brian Robinson. Mm-hmm. Slam dunk.
1: I wanted to give uh, them credit for the trade, by the way, because that yeah. trade. Turned into five what? spots. Turned into Jahan Dotson. Turned into Brian Robinson. Turned into Sam Howell. And turned into Cole Turner, who TBD. But like that is a pretty good a rookie good output. Role. You right? see what I'm saying? To so their it's like, credit.
0: Yes. So this is what I'm saying. is like, if, So if I look at that, okay. Then I'm looking at, okay, the the, the offensive line underperformed last season. Massively. Massively.
1: Massively. In my season review, I was going to say that was the biggest position that underperformed, and it really let us down the entire season.
0: Absolutely. Depth is an issue, but -hmm. anyone kidding themselves thinking Brandon Sheriff was coming back. He was not. He wasn't not coming back, right? Um, I look across the rest of the league as far as offensive linemen and who really changed positions and did that. I don't see any big names really that, that did that, especially with what Cincinnati was offering some guys as far as money. I definitely go there. Then I coming here. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there's a bad taste in everybody's mouth because of all these Carolina ex Carolina guys. But at the end of the day, you got to sign people. And if you got yeah. a lot of people that are not willing to fucking come here, then what are your options there? And number one, still the biggest thing that happened to the offensive line was the chase Ria going down. I think yeah. that offensive line that was, was massive. massively different with chase Ria there. So if I'm but then, so if I'm looking at all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think the team is better today than it was the same time last year?
1: You're actually asking, not rhetorical, right?
0: No, I'm actually asking.
1: I'm not sure. I'm I, honestly, I think, I think it's a little better. I think, I think it's a little better,
0: but I'm Jahan honestly... Dotson.
1: No, Dod- hey, listen, and listen. Brian Robinson absolutely better on that <laughs> perspective but i look at the offensive line so so i'm, yes. I'm sort of doing that balancing act but it's like a
0: year ago so like brendan sheriff's not here but They've our foundation's
1: shaky i i think that's the issue I, get it. I look at the offensive line as the foundation but and i think similar. the foundation
0: last year was as shaky as this year they just okay right so like fair
1: enough
0: same people so like that's what i'm saying is that like right now if you're looking at it is the team overall better i look at the secondary on defense right Mm-hmm. Benham St. juice got another year under his belt danny johnson looks like a fucking revelation now um cam curl is only playing better they, they and whatever out, he sir. plays we're great it, it, yeah we were looking at jamon davis last year as an absolute as a potential bust is he somebody that we're comfortable with being on the roster now
1: absolutely
0: absolutely he's got the I don't green look dot at, no there is tremendous. no way in which i look at this team and not say while it's underwhelming mm-hmm. we're better The big thing of it is, and the Mm -hmm. thing that I look at every year when it comes to this team, is the one position that we have not absolutely gotten better at. And that has been the mainstay for what Washington's woes of the last decade is fucking quarterback.
1: So actually, this is a perfect time to transition into offseason expectations, because I think you and I can go back and forth on the season review. But on that note, there there are a lot of question marks, right? So ownership could be changing, should be changing, probably will be changing this offseason will be then we yeah it really is i'm just trying not to jinx it um and then we have coaching right so scott turner since we last spoke to you guys scott turner has been relieved of his duties he is no longer offensive coordinator and um just just on a quick note on twitter don't attack the dude personally just real quick we, we said the same thing about charles leno jen leno stuff like that always just keep it you know to like the football thank um, you
0: for your service scott Thank Dude, you. I know you. Right, because he your tried. Off. It, that's that's exactly it. His it scheme is not bad. And here's the thing, and what we're about to transition to, right? Guess what, Scott Turner hasn't had a fucking legitimate quarterback.
1: <laughs> so, so exactly, and so Scott Turner's now gone, and uh, we got a lot of question marks on the roster as well. So, K Dot, you talked about quarterback. Let's begin with the trendy topic right now. Derek Carr is leaving the Las Vegas Raiders. In fact, he wasn't allowed in the building so that if he got hurt, he didn't get guaranteed money basically. Right. And so that was the reason uh, that whole thing happened. It's not that they disliked Derek Carr. It's just that, Hey, from a financial perspective, please don't be in the building. <laughs> um, so would you looking at the quarterback position and you talk about the mainstay and like needing one, would you trade for Derek Carr? And if so, what is the maximum you're willing to give up for the guy?
0: No. No, Perfect. I'm in the same that. boat. I'm not Absolutely doing it. Either. Fucking not. But there, but there's nuance with that, right? It's not mm-hmm. no because I think Derek Carr sucks. It's no because look across the landscape of the NFL playoffs right now, mm-hmm. how many of those quarterbacks are free agent acquisitions compared to guys that have been homegrown and groomed from draft, uh, from being drafted there to to, to to make things happen, right? I look at um Seattle. They're about to be a fucking one and done anyway. But the Geno Smith thing, as far as what it is, that Seattle has. Beyond that, San Francisco, Brock Purdy their guy right now, right? Yeah. Um, but you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, got him there, free agent, got that, cool. Beyond that, L.A., Herbert, Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, Miami, Tua, um, Buffalo, Josh Allen, Giants, Daniel Jones, uh, Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, the guy that should probably still be here, <laughs> the uh, Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, even though that's not happening, Joe Burrow in, uh, in Cincinnati, Cowboys, yeah. Dak Prescott, and then Tom Brady, the greatest of all time in Tampa Bay, right? Mm-hmm. There is a way in which you look at like the percentage of your salary given to the quarterback position compared to where it is you start making those big inroads with having the rest of the team kind of built up. Right now we're in that position where a lot, most of the money needs to be on the roster as far as building out the rest of the roster exactly. landscape we're on in the same order page. to have the quarterback here. And then, when your quarterback matures to a certain level at which they can be the playmaker that you need, that can over, they can make up for the for 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 some of the deficiencies and other areas of the team. Then you can give them the payday and start. All right, defensive line is not going to be as good as next year. The wide receivers might not be good as next year, but we have our guy, right? And that's what you have to do. We have to find our guy. But then the other part about that is that Ron Rivera right now is in a position which he is going into next year as our head coach with Mm -hmm. a new owner coming. Sometimes when you have a new owner, the same thing that happened to him in Carolina, they don't care about the record. They don't care about it. They want their own guys in there. And if you follow what we said with the offseason series last year, the idea is you have a team president or you have a GM that makes the decision from the top down organizationally on what it is you're going to want. And I don't look at the front office right now and say that they are – Guaranteed to stay anywhere. If we're going to hire a good GM or a good team president to run this thing, then they need to bring in their own guys. And what I don't want is this mortgaging the future for whoever that person is going to be for something that might be a one or two year experiment and leave us like Denver right now with a Russell Wilson contract that it can't get out of until 2025.
1: Yeah, what a contract that is. Which man.
0: also, once again, you could have been be us. Your, could have absolutely been us. Yeah, absolutely been us.
1: Yeah. And so um, I want to note, right? So we, we've talked about the importance of ownership and the importance of like Ron is entering potentially a lame duck year could also be a chance for him to reinvigorate himself and go. Absolutely. However, he did make some comments just on the subject of coaching where his offensive philosophy, and this is where we talked about after the pod that one time, maybe being outdated. Um, He wants to run the ball and play great defense. I have... That's what we tried to do this year. And I have no problem with the great defense bit and running the ball is important. Now, do we want to run it 60 plus percent of the time? That's where I fundamentally disagree. (laughs) But listen, first and foremost, no matter what the, I hope so. Because, (laughs) because here's the thing. I don't know that this man, who didn't know we could get eliminated week 17, gets the benefit of the doubt, K.
0: That's fair, but it's just from a, look, as far as teams in the NFL, right, there are only. It's what he said. There are only three teams that run the ball 50% or more on offense, and it's number three is Baltimore at exactly 50%. Number right, two is Atlanta at fifty-five percent, and yeah. number one Chicago at fifty-six percent.
1: And you know there's what? Under no circumstances, you know what, Ron Rivera opportunity. Yeah, opportunity
0: to, yeah, to serve There's not, there's not a coach or an offensive coordinator in all of football that wouldn't love to run two to one. There's not one of them that wouldn't love to do that. You know why? Offensive lines love it. Defenses love it. Everyone loves running the ball down somebody's throat. It's fun, right? Yeah, it doesn't work. It never, everyone knows you can't do it. Okay?
1: Not everyone <laughs> knows because you just said that's what he wants to do. He has an opportunity to reinvigorate the offense, and that's what he said. Like, the, listen. You know, here's
0: this is why this is see, he this said thing. the same thing. The GM. Right, I, I right, hate that I'm in this defend Ron Rivera, but I have to be okay. okay. Is that look? this is why when those offseason press conferences, he barely says anything because everyone's ready to rip his fucking head off being literal. What it is. He says, no one is really thinking he wants a two to one rush to pass ratio. Yeah. Like all right, this is why we don't get anything from Ron. It's cause it's it, come on, Come on. We'll be honest about it. No, all right? no,
1: no, that's fair. That's fair. But
0: see, I think the thing that's
1: striking <laughs> about him is sometimes he's stunningly honest. And I'm like, well, if you're willing to be stunningly honest, then let's go ahead and call a spade a spade. The offensive line was bad. And that's your foundation on offense. If it can't do anything, then you can't do anything on offense. That is just the simple reality of it. I think
0: there's a more glaring thing in that, and this is the thing that I don't think people have focused on enough, is when he says that, right, and Mm -hmm. then he can Scott Turner. Yes. The guy he handpicked and then also made sure they gave an extension to last season. Correct. What it means is that there is not any sort of cohesiveness between yes, the head coach
1: that is true. And that the is offensive to coordinator,
0: note. and what's happening—that is the glaring red flag alert in what it is that he said there. The it's, one red hold flag. On, Just the it's, one. It's 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 like hold on. Well, if that's what you want, why'd you hire the guy that it's not giving that to you? Like, if there is some sort of, then whose responsibility is that, Ron? Like that—that's supposed to be the thing people take from that. Is like okay. That's a good point. Yeah,
1: but I mean, anyway. I think you and I are on the same page. Position number one that we need to address. Position group. Offensive line. Would you agree or disagree?
0: As far okay. as far as personnel?
1: As far yes. as personnel. Yes. Uh, and the reason I say that, at least from my perspective, is in Sam Howell's debut, you saw that there were a couple moments where he had time, and you saw enough promising throws, like that ball to Terry McLaurin in stride. That exactly. ball to Jahan, which, yes, it is a difficult catch, but for a player as talented as Jahan, you expect him to come down with it.
0: Perfect placement on football.
1: And just in general, there was a quick out route to Jahan that he places top left so that he can turn that direction because that's away from the defender. It's a little thing, but that placement matters even on short throws. The right? Terry
0: McLaren out that Terry drops because he's so worried about bouncing back through the defenders, he forgets the catch on the football. <laughs> the yeah, game yeah, no, was made too simple
1: much. for Terry, but that that's the whole point is... Those were throws when he had time. And a lot of these QBs in the league, believe it or not, even the ones you think are talentless, can make these throws when they have time. So it is very, very important to make sure that the offensive line is cohesive and is able to protect the QB. That's how you scored the big points in the games, right? You look around the league at the top uh, top scoring teams. It's Buffalo. It's Kansas City it's cincinnati it's philadelphia what do all these teams have excellent excellent offensive line play believe it or not cincinnati they weren't that good last year and that's where you speak They're to the the talent that you know an elite qb can bring you right but they played a lot better this year so like they are that's your blueprint get your offensive line and then from there hopefully you can place your QB of choice in there. Now, in the case of San Francisco, I view that more as an outlier because I think they have a fantastic offensive scheme as well as a brilliant offensive line. So then you get your Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy not losing a game. So I wouldn't say let's just be like San Francisco. That's lazy. And it's nearly impossible unless you get the correct offensive minds in there as well as the correct personnel built.
0: San Francisco also had luck. And I think, yes, luck is part enough. of it.
1: Luck is it was, absolutely part of it.
0: What they, they have single digit win seasons. The first two years as Kyle Shanahan is there. In the second season, they make the trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, who gets traded for fu- a fifth round motherfucking pick because uh, New England just has to get rid of him with the whole bullshit that happened between Brady and all of them, right? It, yeah, yeah. It, that following year, they go 13 and three and make it to the fucking Super Bowl. The Jimmy G goes yeah. down. And what was the next season? they won? Like three fucking games, three or six games the following year. Um, And everybody played
1: Nick Mullins played. It was all weird. Yeah.
0: Can Kyle really win anything? And then they still looking for the quarterback. That's why they drafted Trey Lance. Right. So it's (laughs) like certain things got to work out for you. But at the end of the day, they're all the trenches. The trenches, the Mm -hmm. trenches are what you have to make sure that if you look at Kansas City success, if you look at other teams that have sustained success, you look at the trenches when you look at Pittsburgh, they don't give a fuck who's back there. You make sure that there are certain aspects of the trenches that work in their benefit. Baltimore, New England, fucking everyone that's worth their grain of salt. Make sure that they have a system mm-hmm. running as far as that offensive, uh, as far as that offensive line, and hopefully also that defensive
1: line. And, and just to speak to Kansas City, because a lot of people go, "Oh, their defense isn't good. It sucks. It's whatever." They have Mahomes. Uh, guess who's first team All-Pro? Chris Jones, defensive tackle. Okay, so like they they also have an emphasis on that. It is the trenches. the trenches. It is the trenches, absolutely. So I'm glad you and I are in agreement that the offensive line absolutely needs to be addressed this coming off season. And then we'll see what happens with coaching. Of course, a lot of this, everyone, this depends on ownership. It really depends on who comes in and what they want to do. And uh, K dot, you and I have been on I don't the same think it matters page this season. This season, it doesn't. Right. No, no, no. We're talking long term. Yeah. Um, but a good team president, a good general manager. And you just hope that because that all trickles down. The that biggest is how thing this,
0: this season to me is who's the offensive coordinator. And th- th- that to me is the, the biggest. Sure. Like, look, there are people at this particular point that I know have completely written off Ron are just waiting for the new ownership to come here. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm still hopeful that Ron convinces these guys and maybe he should stick around. Cause that to me means the so best long as game. you're
1: there, you have a chance, right? And that's, I that's don't see I'm it going. working out, but
0: that's fair. Happy to be proven wrong. Same thing with Carson. I didn't see it working out, totally but was
1: happy to be proven
0: wrong. Right. If Ron turns around, keep them. Right. keep yeah. right. But that's the, that's the thing is like, well, I always said five year plans, right? Yes. And if I'm looking at this right now, I want the best for this possible football team, which is the only thing that I want is us to continue on a upward trajectory. Beyond that, I just don't want anything that Ron does right now for the short term Mm -hmm. to handicap us going forward, which is not taking any huge shots or giving or leveraging our future, right? But there are certain steps you can take. The biggest decision right now in the interim is who the fuck is the offensive coordinator? Because Mm -hmm. right now, if Ron has whatever philosophy he has on offense, clearly it's not being cohesively crossed the offense. We need to figure out who it is the guy is that needs to run the show because you know, who's running because here's what I don't want to hear. Scott Turner, while I admit, they didn't have great quarterback play, right? But if Scott <laughs> Turner is not in the room when they make the trade for Carson Wentz, it's broken.
1: Yes. He had to have been a,
0: you would hope you that he was to, a part. I, of we don't that know right decision. now. Right? And we don't. And that's that's we true. Don't. That's but true. whoever the offensive coordinator is needs to be there. In those decisions, as far as what's happening on the offensive line, who we're going to roll with in the quarterback position, that needs to be somebody that's a part of it. Because Ron is not an offensive guy. No, he's not. He's not. We need someone to take his words would suggest so as of well. the offense.
1: Right. No, no, no. That, that's an excellent point. Step one should be getting OC. Step two should then be okay. Now let's build out the offense based on what this offensive coordinator wants. Plain and simple. Uh, just to summarize what we've said over here. Build the offensive line, but first and foremost, get an OC so that you even know what the identity is. Um, And then at the even higher level, just keep your eyes and ears open for for ownership news. I mean, I expect that there's going to be a lot of momentum now that it is the offseason and people are looking for stories and stuff like that. So stay with your beat reporters, stay with your news reporters over here because it is huge news. So we'll see what happens.
0: We're behind schedule in that for me, which means it it just means to me when the information starts coming, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a waterfall.
1: Yes, it is. Um, And so I believe that currently the optimistic date is March League meetings where a sale would be finalized. We'll see. We've heard the news about Dan declaring, like, you know, England as his primary residence. And like, you hear rumors about his stuff being cleared out of FedEx. We don't know. Ultimately, we don't know. But March seems to be the optimistic time. (laughs) What would you say?
0: Have you heard about the learners this morning with the Nats?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they
0: they can't sell it (laughs) because no one wants it. Right. (laughs) So
1: (laughs) now the good news here is a lot of people seem to want it, uh, which thank goodness. Thank goodness there is a market for it. Um, Let's go ahead and, unless you have anything else there, KDOT, outside of the summary, I would say let's just jump into the wildcard predictions.
0: More than anything, I'm just telling people the same way I tell them, just calm your tits, chill out, slow bit. Look, at the end of the day, I understand the vitriol the way the way the season ends to a certain degree, but I do think people are being a little too mean to some people. Yes. And outside of being a little too mean to people, I also think if you put everything a perspective, if we talk about what happened last off season and the soft season and everything prior, when it comes to free agents, not wanting to be here when it comes to how many off seasons are underwhelming it's because of the one guy who stands at the top of the fucking pyramid and our Super Bowl is he's leaving. It, don't it really is. We should get a banner twisted. for that. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. And when I walk around this city and I see Washington fans with the heads low, I'm like, are you, have you lost your goddamn mind? We well, just
1: completed the last season with Dan Snyder as our owner. We should be There's plenty to celebrate. Yeah. Nonstop. Yeah. Absolutely. But I don't think enough people understand I don't think enough people understand now our viewers absolutely do, just to be clear. But I don't think enough people understand the importance of ownership and the impact an owner can have on an organization. And so I think that's why a lot of people go I don't even know if surface level is the correct term, but it's too narrow focused on what's on the field and that's it. But there are so many things that affect what's on the field. There's so many things that affect the players on the field. You talk about all these outside stories and distractions. These things matter. And we talk about free agents not wanting to come here. I mean, it's true. You offer certain players enough money. Yes, they will show up. But certain ones won't
0: even with that massive offer. Right. So, yeah it's beyond it's coaching like everyone has these dream lists of like oh we want this guy to be coach or everything when Dan's in the do we have do we have to remember what ron had to do in order to accept the job here he had to go spend an entire day with joe gibbs joe gibbs had to convince about that
1: i forgot about that joe
0: gibbs had to spend an entire day convincing ron it was okay to take the job that's what had to happen for ron rivera to accept it. Do we remember the dog ears? Do you remember Jim Fossil was the only one that wanted it, oh and we had God. to promote fucking Jim Zorn to head coach from offensive coordinator?
1: Right. Do so, people
0: not realize? Like I think some you. people think That's we're an just talking about the point. boogeyman, right? No, this dude has been fundamentally involved in everything that we had to have not been able to move forward. This is not some boogeyman. It's real. It's fucking real, and he's leaving.
1: Yeah, Be uh, happy. God. Thank God. So anyway, uh, let's jump over to wildcard predictions, but that's an excellent point on coaching. Now we can get a coach. We actually want and coaches would want to come here and we can get a new stadium. There's a lot to be excited about guys with ownership changing hands and it will um, let's jump over to the wildcard prediction. So let's go in order. Uh, chronologically, we got the seven seed Seattle Seahawks going to San Francisco to take on the San Francisco Brock Purdy's, the 49ers, who are nine and a half point favorites. K. Dot, we don't need the score winner, et cetera. Well, we do need a winner, but we don't need a player of the game. We don't need it against the spread. Simple money line. Who Panther. wins this game?
0: Give me San Fran.
1: Give me San Fran. I'm going to write these picks down. So we each have San Fran. We got K. Dot because we are going to see how we do this postseason. I also have San Francisco. Let's move I on to the
0: season. I'm at 65% games correct on the
1: season. 65% Not is bad. pretty good. Not bad. bad. Not bad. You're better than the people at NBC. They keep getting shit wrong. Um, but let's go ahead and look at the LA Chargers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The LA Chargers going cross country, Mike Williams questionable. Worst run defense in the league, two and a half point favorites. K. Dot, who do you have winning this game?
0: Give me the Chargers. Thank God. Right. So do I. I also yeah. have them.
1: I got to tell you, I do playoff fantasy with some friends of mine. Uh, my very first pick was Travis Kelsey. And the way it's done is um, you end up picking players, but you're also sort of doing the bracket in your head because you mm-hmm. get the stats for all their games. So if you think mm-hmm. a team's going to be eliminated, for example, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle weren't taken once we knew Tua was out because right. Skylar Thompson's going to play. And so that limits their stats. Right. And the thought is Buffalo's going to smoke them. So... I did this stupid thing where I took Travis Kelsey first because I panicked and then my next three picks, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams. And so it made no sense whatsoever, but that's, that's the beauty of playoff fantasy. I have no choice, but to roll with the chargers. Just wanted to mention
0: that wildcard weekend. I'm pretty set in some of these, but there are three games that I would not be surprised if they go either way. This,
1: this is over. one of them. Absolutely. Um, how about one that I would be very surprised if it went another way. Miami goes to Buffalo. Once again, Skylar Thompson looks like he's in line to start. I don't know the news on Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe he does, but he hasn't proven he can finish a game for them. Who do you have in this?
0: Yeah, give me Buffalo.
1: Yep, taking Buffalo as well. So far, we are in complete agreement. Uh, Up next, we have the Giants at the Vikings. I believe this is one of those three games that could go either way.
0: This one, I don't even qualify as the – this is just a toss-up. This is, I don't think there's a favorite in this game. I think Vikings are three-point
1: favorites, which is typically what happens. No, but that's what happens, by the way. Just a bit of betting stuff for you guys. Yeah. Um, this is what happens when Vegas doesn't really know. They just make the home team a three-point favorite.
0: Right. And that's the only reason I'm going with the Vikings, is the home team. That's literally it. Um, I this is a complete toss-up game. I'm not putting, I'm keeping my money far away from this one.
1: Yep. Um, Kirk Cousins is not playing at 1 p.m. He's playing at 4.30. Give me the Giants. Plain and simple. Uh, Ridge, where your helmet at? Inform me. He is known as the new nightmare, which I thought was a hilarious name for Kirk Cousins. Uh, but when the game is not at 1 p.m. Eastern, apparently spooky things happen. Um, now we have Baltimore at Cincinnati. Lamar Jackson not playing. So divisional matchup Sunday night. Who do you have?
0: This is one of my three, but I'm going to Cincinnati. And there's a reason it's one of my three. You have to look at what Baltimore does defensively against Cincinnati. Joe Burrow does not look good against Baltimore.
1: Hmm. That is interesting. Okay, so we have Cincinnati, but could be close. Uh, I'm going Cincinnati. I don't think this game is particularly close. They're nine and a half point favorites at home. I I think
0: Cincinnati should be looking to lay it on Baltimore as a statement. But if you look historically at what Baltimore does defensively against Joe Burrow, He does not look good against them.
1: And you know what? Maybe the over-under speaks to that because it's at 40 and a half points, which is surprisingly low for a game involving the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, that being said, Baltimore has struggled to put up points without Lamar. Um, Final game. So so hold on. You have one of three games, Chargers, Jags. It seems like Minnesota, New York's one of them.
0: No, that's Minnesota, New York to me is just, I'm not even, I'm not.
1: Oh, you're not even touching. I see, I see. It's just. So there games I think you're the willing Vikings to. Touch. Are
0: home. I like if I could okay. if I could opt out of picking that game, I would. I just don't I think it could go either way. But okay. Minnesota Minnesota New York is just Fair That enough. is a true toss up. I don't think there is a I, real I really
1: favorite in that game. I like what Dable's doing with those guys. I love Kevin O'Connell too. We talked about it in that after the pod where I was like these young guys seem to be injecting some adrenaline and juice into these teams. Uh Dable's also a first year coach. I wanted to say
0: well. something about that. Yeah, go ahead. You remember I kept talking about Matt Lafleur and not having control over his locker room. Yes. When you see what happened with Quay Walker, when you see what happened during that fucking game, they are the most undisciplined fucking team in the NFL. And Did you see Devontae Wyatt
1: things. also put his chest to the? uh you
0: know, I'm saying when I'm watching, no the, one I'm talked about like, that. They but are it was undisciplined yeah. <laughs> as shit. <laughs> put that out there. Sometimes young head like coaches you don't know.
1: Listen. I I'm not going to be one to disagree with you in that moment, because when I saw that he's the only player to have been ejected more than once this season, Uh first round pick and he looked visibly upset on the side. That is a guy that this season based on the ejections and stuff like that probably needs a little practice controlling his emotions. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a strike against me. Unfortunately, final game Monday night, the first Monday night wild card game ever. As far as I know, Dallas goes to Tampa Bay. Dallas, two and a half point favorites on the road. K. Dot, who do you have in this one? Tampa Bay. I also have Tampa Bay.
0: I will say this Dallas should win this game.
1: I would also say that.
0: Yeah. Dallas should absolutely win this game. And if they, if somebody was showing Dallas is like they, they win four, they lose four, they lose one, they lose right now, technically, because of the pattern. Dallas should win four in a row if you're based on the pattern that's out, which put them in yeah. the Super Bowl. But I have been, I've stand firm on this pod that Dallas will always do Dallas shit.
1: And you you saw a preview of it last week and they rebound from it because they looked awful. And uh, you know who made a good point and I wasn't expecting it? Jason Garrett. He was talking on Sunday night after grass the commanders beat him. Yeah. yeah. Turf versus playing on grass. And then you look at the splits, it is pretty staggering. I think he made a pretty good point there. I do think Tampa Bay with Brady and that sort of lore of who he is. And if you look at now week one, I don't give any credence to. It's a totally different. These teams are warming up stuff like that. But if you look at how Dallas did against Washington, I mean, you you have to imagine with Brady, it's at least a tough game for them, Uh, but we both have Tampa.
0: The key to that game is Michael Parsons.
1: Yes. Yes. Because the Tampa offensive line has struggled. We talk about the it's, foundation and
0: Micah get the Brady. Yeah, that's it, that's your game.
1: All right, well, with that, why don't we just jump over to the comment mailbag? We'll quickly recap the picks. We have five out of the six in agreement. Uh, the only one we don't have in agreement Minnesota, New York. I've picked New York, you picked Minnesota, but we have San Francisco, LA Chargers, Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals, Tampa Bay Bucks. Okay, we'll see how we do. Um, get some of those wrong. Oh, we always do. Work. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Looking forward to seeing which one's probably Jacksonville, knowing my fucking luck. Anyway, um, let's go ahead and jump into the comment mailbag, beginning with Andrew Lally, who says, I appreciate the comment. Morpheus looking ass. That's got to be in reference to you with the shades.
0: You had shades on too, but the, um, hold on. Yeah, but I mean. Like I've on. usually have a shaved head and a little Morpheus. Morpheus didn't have dreads last time. I fucking look. Nor beard. So yeah, but I,
1: I also have.
0: I know the most like
1: Lally, who were you talking about?
0: Yeah, no shit. I'll leave it all vague like that.
1: So vague. So vague. Yeah, we, you're right. It's a true 50-50 toss. Oh, up there. oh
0: it was quick, quick, uh, quick sidebar. Um, when going to Hardy Middle School yes. and there was the eighth grade dance.
1: Mm-hmm. Big moment uh, my, for everybody.
0: My dad took me over Northeast, uh, on 8th Street, and there was used to be a shot that all the pimps used to get their clothes at. And uh, I got a custom fitted
1: your dad was a pimp
0: suit. No, but it's just where the, where the street hustlers knew where to get stuff, okay. so he took me over there and I got fitted for a purple Morpheus suit. I actually had a printout of Morpheus from the Matrix, I was like, I need this, and they made me a suit. And I look like buffalo, I miss that shit. They wouldn't let me get the top hat though. My dad said, No, the top hat, I really want the top hat.
1: Uh, I I think given that information, all I'm going to say to Lally is good call. Um, Let's move (laughs) over to Spencer Brudig, who's got a couple. Shout out former co-host Spencer Brudig. Two words. Derek Carr. Next comment. Several more words. Washington's line ranks 30th in PFF pass blocking efficiency, surrendering 159 pressures on 502 pass blocking snaps, but they rank 22nd in Pass, block, great. And, and this sort of lends itself. I appreciate the comments, Spence, and uh good to hear from you again. It, this I lends itself you, to the idea, absolutely, uh, that Scott Turner had all these different QBs and it just wasn't working and what we've been talking about with the offensive line. Those are terrible numbers,
0: K-Dot. like. is a minor miracle that we're 8-8-1 eight, eight and one that we don't want to talk about.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: also looking at the fact that it should be a lot worse if it wasn't for we had going into the season one of the easiest schedules in the league.
1: Completely agree. Let's move on to Ookman, 93 champion. I believe a first-time commenter here. Really appreciate the comment. Excellent point about space. This is where we were talking about see space, take space, and you were talking about the mobility, the decisiveness to when there's open pockets of space. Just take it. Uh, Frustrates me how pros in many sports don't look for or use space. Gaps. Heineke is a great gamer against all odds kind of guy, but Howell is a QB. First-rounder, don't be fooled. Got arm, good size, two, 220 pounds, runs extremely well, very savvy, reads the defense well and understands the game extremely well, loves the game, fantastic leader. Best thing is he's a rookie. I'd like to see Heineke and Howell in and out, having fun, sharing time, yes, even in games. Interesting. Both very similar, but quite different. Recoup 28 million on Wentz and sign, if you can, a genuine middle linebacker and then see what happens in the draft. Love, guys. P.S. Please, love you guys. Uh, P.S. Please sign to Ron. What a beautiful man, hail. Really appreciate the comment there, man. We'd love you too, man. Look man, 93 champion. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. And then we move on to Jeremy Ruzas, who I think is also a first time commenter. Appreciate the comment there, Jeremy. Sam Howell puts up the same numbers as Trevor Lawrence in college balls out in the preseason and balls out in his first game. What else can this guy do to become a starter? Uh. And I think a fair question. A lot of people are feeling the excitement and optimism from Sam Howell's first start because keep in mind, whenever Heineckley played Dallas, we got smoked um, when Carson played Dallas earlier this season, we got smoked. Howell, in his very first start, ends up getting a win. Regardless of his stats, that makes us feel good as fans, historically speaking, with the Dallas-Washington rivalry. Um, I'm curious to see how this offseason goes with how they choose to handle Sam Howell.
0: Yes, I mean, that is that that is one of the mainstays. I, I think everybody's under the same understanding. He should be competing for something next year.
1: I think you're I, all in agreement that it shouldn't necessarily be given, but he right. should be in competition. I think he and did Howell, enough to warrant what
0: that. What that looks like, if that's a Wiley vet, if that's a late, another late-round rookie quarterback, if that's a Taylor Heineke, there needs yeah. to be competition going into next season, and Sam Howell should be a part of that. And, and
1: to Ukman 93 Champions point about first-rounder, don't be fooled. I mean, we looked at Benjamin Robinson's graph and that mock draft data. They had Howell really, really high. Um, and then he lost and actually um, that reminds me blood clot actually made a correction to one of his comments last week. Appreciate you blood clot uh, where he had mentioned that Sam Cosme had lost people around him at Texas. He meant to say Sam Howell. Oh. And so it, which makes a lot of sense because he actually did lose a whole lot of talent. I mean, you look at Deami yeah. Brown, you look at uh, Michael Carter, you look at Javante Williams in the backfield, like those guys that weren't there anymore. Um, Mac Hollins may even be a name. I, I need to double check that, but I believe he went to North Carolina and also left. So, like, you're missing all these guys, you're missing some O linemen. Um, you can see why maybe his draft stock fell a little bit, but you can also see the talent that he has. So, yeah, just to speak to that point. Uh, thank you guys all for the comments. This was District Absolutely. Divided, a DC sports podcast, more specifically a Commanders podcast. We really appreciate you guys for listening, for commenting. Once again, if you enjoyed today's video, please like the video. Please share it with people. Please subscribe to the channel. It helps us a whole lot. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys. Enjoy the weekend, the long weekend for some of you. Um, and we will see you guys in After the Pod, which begins right I love leaning back the moment after the pod begins.
0: See, I'm usually leaning back anyway. <laughs> I just like being I have upright, no comment there. Like <sighs> How's
1: the exterminator doing over there?
0: He's gone. He's gone? Yeah, he's gone. I just keep hearing things. Yeah, looking. It's is everywhere. that more I'm a like... mental
1: thing or is that... what are you No, I'm about?
0: hearing things. I just don't know what they are. Like, I thought I heard a door slam. and I thought this door just kind of pushed back probably like an outside door with. for those I'm like, that don't know
1: k dot frequently hallucinates
0: i do i'm usually high uh <laughs> yeah i actually haven't smoked weed in a few days
1: how does that feel like after a few days of not
0: um eh, i just miss it <laughs> i guess that's fair I, 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 like usually if i'm smoking it means i'm like watching fun movies or mm. uh making stuff because i do a lot of like graphic design work video editing things like that yeah and um that makes that stuff easier or at least more fun to do okay um yeah i just haven't felt 100 percent, and usually if i don't feel 100 percent, it's not gonna make me feel better um yeah unless it's like just body pains or some shit but like i just want to feel because we, we were talking about this um i'm seeing less people now than i did during the like second half of 2020 in the
1: 2021.
0: Right. So I'm seeing a lot less people now than I had back then. And my immune system is usually fucking dope. So like my girlfriend would go to work, come back. She's sick. I could take care of her. Every relationship, I'm usually the dude that just takes care of everything and I never get sick.
1: Just an and elite immune system we're talking
0: here. When I was a Lyft driver, I would all, co- all around all kinds of people, never get sick. And now I'm in like three consecutive bullshit right i don't remember what it feels like to feel 100 percent right now
1: do you think that it was maybe similar to a credit card and that you make a charge on it and then eventually the bills do and you have just had many of these do yeah and you're just hey yeah at least but you're getting it all out of the way right now Kate. On.
0: i will say that is it usually when i am sick it's bad. for a while it's bad and so
1: okay.
0: even as a kid like asthma i've had pneumonia more than once mm-hmm. i've had like it gets really really bad when i do get sick but it's uh but it's just a rarity. And now I'm just fucking ridiculous. I don't, I don't usually feel this way for long periods of time. But now, I mean, if I get it all out of the way, then maybe I can look forward to three or four years and not being sick again.
1: I think that's what's happening right now is just a bit of a, like, you're almost in a cocoon Definitely. and you are going to become the beautiful, beautiful butterfly that you are once more for numerous years on end. You don't need to worry about it. You can go back to just living your life normally interacting with all sorts of people, getting no germs whatsoever. If you wanted to, if you wanted to, I'm just saying the world's your oyster, Kate. as you know.
0: Yeah. That's the other good thing. Like everybody, I like my solitude. I love being alone.
1: You know, this is my first time living on my own. And uh, initially it was weird. Initially I was like, Oh man, I I should be doing something. I should be hanging out. And initially my instinct was, okay, let's go out. Let's hang out. Stuff like that. And then there was this sort of middle lull, if you will, Mm -hmm. where I just wanted solitude, and it was super informative. I feel like it was a lot of just slowing down, a lot of uh, intentional silence. I never thought after the pod we'd get to this, um, and and it was really cool because you choose what thoughts you explore, and based off of that, I think I learned a lot about myself, which has been really neat.
0: That's always dope. I mean, that's the end. Of the at the end of the day, the only person that's with you always is you.
1: Now you know uh, what I learned recently. Sorry to cut you off, got- but. Natu, Natu, the song that won best original song at the Golden Globes. Banger. I mean, I listened to that thing a hundred straight times yesterday because the buildup to the end, I challenge any of you, N-A-A-T-U, N-A-A-T-U, look it up, to listen to that song in its entirety and not see your head absolutely banging. With 30 seconds left. Because the buildup is unbelievable. I'm still sort of jacked on it.
0: The song is fire. At minimum. The more more that I think about RRR, the more I dislike it.
1: That's fine. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) fuck the movie. I haven't even seen it. All my family said that it's just like any other Bollywood movie. Nothing too special. But I heard that track. And the dancing. If you haven't seen the music video. It's got some
0: right wing shit going through it it's a little oh india's
1: got a ton of right-wing shit yeah, going through That's it right thing. now there's
0: a, there's just a there's i bet
1: Modi directed it
0: the first watch through is just like oh this is just fun and then yeah. it's like i'm not watching it again i promise you that it's just oh, it's
1: over three me. hours why would you yeah,
0: not having, but i did yeah. i actually as you said that watching the golden globes i do have my top 10 2022 movies I was perfect and we can end on that go ahead.
1: go ahead top um, 10 list everybody
0: now, I will say there are two movies that I have to watch and I'm planning on watching this weekend that I haven't seen yet that might one of them. Are I you will, saying this is
1: subject to change?
0: There's one movie that I am almost guaranteeing will make the top 10 that that, that is not in there right now. And that's the Banshees of Inter
1: Oh, you've been talking yet. about that nonstop. Yeah, you really haven't want seen
0: to see it. Yet. it. I'm going to see it. I know that'll make my top 10 at some point. But right now, should I start at 10 and go to one?
1: You obviously have to start at 10 and go to one. And uh-huh. then I want you to highlight one to two movies that I absolutely need to see.
0: Okay. Well, here's as I go through them, let me know what you've seen and what you haven't seen.
1: Okay. I'm going to be honest. I very rarely see movies. I probably missed all of them. Go ahead.
0: Number 10. Yep. The Northman.
1: The Northman. Haven't seen it.
0: Robert Eggers. uh, Alexander Skarsgård. Great flight. It's supposed to be great. Yeah, oh, that's fun. Uh, you're gonna Agnes hear me so far, say it's I'll
1: supposed be to be great a lot because I have not seen these movies and they are supposed to be great. All right, so that's number 10, The Northman,
0: number nine, Hustle, Adam P- Sandler, Queen Latifah, Anthony Edwards, basketball superstar. Um, oh, Netflix movie, I do want to see that.
1: Okay, I will see that. I will it see it came
0: that. out early 2022 and I think people just kind of forgotten about it, but yeah. it's such a fun watch and it's a great we rewatch too i think people just watched it took it for granted didn't see it on the netflix uh fucking uh, carousel anymore and just kind of forgot i want it. to
1: say it's an adam sandler passion project because he loves yeah. basketball so i think he was just like i really want to make this correct me if i'm wrong uh i really want to make this we're going to make it and it's going to be fun
0: yeah that's what it felt like but anthony edwards to me was a revelation in that movie I love okay. to see that motherfucker acting more
1: shit. <laughs> Anthony Edwards. Uh, now you're you're talking Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves. Minnesota
0: Timberwolves, Anthony Edwards. Yep.
1: That's awesome. He is hilarious, by the way. If you ever see any of his post-game interviews and stuff like that, he is very funny.
0: Spoiler alert, he's the villain in this movie, but it's fucking dope. <laughs> of course he is. Okay, <laughs> he's cool. Dope.
1: Hustle I'm going a star by that one. Go ahead. Number eight. Bullet train. We started watching that and um as a family, and my dad said he didn't want to think, so we stopped. And my mom couldn't follow
0: involved, it. I, I, I,
1: That's what Eric, I said. It's the one she, with Brad Pitt, right?
0: Brad Pitt. Yeah. Uh, amongst others. There were some play, flashbacks, uh, and my job. dad was like,
1: we're not watching that. So instead, we watched the Terry Seattle Christmas special, Will Arnett uh, and uh <laughs> and Jason Bateman. And uh, gosh, who was it? She's on uh, SNL a whole bunch. My Rudolph. Hilarious. Mm. Oh, so like they're God. brought in. As uh, just improv characters. They don't have a script or anything like that. They play themselves and they have to help Will Arnett as Terry Seattle, a detective that hates Christmas and holidays. Who killed Santa?
0: Jesus. Okay. It's
1: absurd. Um, But they were willing to watch that, but not bullet train. First 20 minutes were fabulous.
0: I put bullet train in number eight. Remember, this list is not, I separate favorite from best. Is this best or favorite? This is favorite. This is my favorite top 10. This is not what I think were the best. Even though some if I were to do a best top 10, a lot of these are on it. Bullet train would not make my top 10 if I was going on best. Okay. But it's my favorite. So this is my favorite of 2022. That's what matters. I I like to get all the stuff ready. You're
1: you're basically doing the audience score, not the like thermometer or whatever it's called.
0: My uh, my score. Yes, my audience score. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, how much fun that I have watching this movie.
1: Fair enough. All right, so that's the Northman at ten, Hustle at nine, Bullet Train at eight, seven.
0: Marcel the Shell with Shoes on.
1: Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, okay.
0: Have you heard of this? Yes, I have. Okay. Phenomenal the movie. <laughs> I'm intri-
1: I'm intrigued by it.
0: Great flick. Um, I'm a huge Jenny Slate guy, and um, following even from the shorts. To them making the feature film, I am also a one of those people that think A twenty four can do no wrong, as okay. far as the studio house. Um, I think they've had a pretty slept on year this year. Um, okay, but uh, yeah, Marcel Shell would choose them. Beautiful number six. Yeah, Barbarian.
1: Actually, i have not heard of that one.
0: Now, Barbarian is on HBO Max now. It is a horror movie. Um, the 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 big name in it is Justin Long. Okay, uh, I like Justin Long. Really in a dodgeball. So th- as far as, this is my, this is my, my number five, I guess is classified as horror, even though I don't believe it's horror. Number six, but I'm a huge horror movie guy okay. and Barbarian to me felt like a really fresh horror movie, which I'm always looking forward to. And I think they fucking nailed it. It is a great time mm-hmm. um, through and through. And also halfway through, it kind of changes tones a bit Okay, and it gets, I think it becomes next level. Um, it, it's fucking good. It's so good. It's so okay. Good. I highly recommend Barbarian. Okay.
1: Barbarian at six. Number five, please. The menu. menu. I don't think I've heard of it. The menu. All right.
0: Anya Taylor Joy, Nicholas Holt. Uh, uh, she was also... in Queen's
1: Gambit, right? That's her?
0: Yes. And okay. then uh, 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 Ray Find. Oh, um,
1: I do like Ray Find. This Voldemort, right? Yes. Okay. The
0: menu. I'm on fire right now. So much fun. Okay, so much fun. I uh, I don't think if you don't like the menu, I don't think I like you.
1: Mm. Maybe it's I won't one of watch those movies it. Uh, it's like, what, it's what, what's it about?
0: I don't want to. Uh, it's don't want to say. That's fine. Hey, that's fine. Yeah, keep it a mystery. Uh, you are going blind. Yeah, uh, I will the go menu. blind.
1: Where can I see the menu?
0: Uh, also, HBO Max, if I'm not mistaken. I need. Uh,
1: it's like the one streaming service I don't have. HBO I mean.
0: Max is the most consequential. You have to have streaming service.
1: Okay, so HBO Max is where all the good it's shit's more, at. It's
0: the most important streaming service.
1: Is there a uh, is there a code we can put in so that you get a referral bonus, or how does that work?
0: I don't know. This is free we advertising. Should
1: we that. should be brought. We should be brought to you guys by HBO Max. The more I think about it,
0: I think actually this is the last HBO Max movie.
1: Okay, so none none of your top four are HBO Max.
0: Are not on HBO Max now, but I. That's
1: why we're not sponsored by them. My all top right, go ahead.
0: Four, I own all. I own my entire top four.
1: That is important to note. K. Dot Stop top four. Let the record show. Please continue, sir.
0: Number four, Tar.
1: I've heard brilliant things about
0: Tar. Tar is an incredible film. Absolutely incredible film. Um, Kate Blanchett just hand her the Academy Award. She nails it. Ah, uh, Tar is a K-dot biopic.
1: Predicts Academy Award.
0: For Kate Blanchett, she deserves it. Even though I am sort of rooting for Angela Bassett, but I think she'll get supporting.
1: Kate shut that, that is officially on good. the record. All right, go ahead.
0: It's just it's it's a next level performance. Um, Damn. All right. Uh, it's a biopic about a music composer um, mm-hmm. named um, uh, Lydia Tar. Is this based it, on a true
1: story, or is this just? No, oh, you said biopic. That's the okay, thing. Okay, that, okay. That's the
0: the thing is, is that it is not. It feels very real. The Hmm. beginning of the movie is a uh, interview with a real reporter for The New Yorker, basically like an interview, a 15 minute long form interview. that feels very grounded, very real when you see the resume. It's just, Tar is in a hell of a movie. You just want to see a great performance and a movie that'll make you think and make you have to go back and watch again. Okay. Totally enjoy Tar. Gotcha. Number three. Yep. Top Gun Maverick. Tom Cruise, you son of a bitch. (laughs) The greatest movie star we have ever had ever
1: whoa
0: i didn't say best actor i said the greatest movie star we've ever had is can
1: you provide us with a distinction please
0: so look there is no one that's been on the top of their game for as long as he has and what they did with top gun maverick being a movie that came out in the 80s and 30 some years later you have a sequel come up and be 10 times the movie the first one was is insane to me the fact that he is helming a franchise of Mission Impossible, which is doing almost the impossible in the sense of... Is that the why it's called getting... Mission Impossible? It should be. The, the Mission okay. Impossible being that every movie is getting better is insane to me. They're so this better. dude
1: just knows how to put up... It, it's the equivalent of maybe your favorite DJ or favorite <clears throat> artist just putting out a better song every single time. Is that There's, what you're saying here?
0: This No. The, the, the only comparison I can make to Tom Cruise is Tom Brady. Is a guy much older... He has any be- reason being doing the things that he's doing, and so Barkley, by out. the way,
1: walked over when you said Tom Cruise is the biggest movie star ever. He's like, What? I need to hear that.
0: He is, I mean, that's the thing. You just put his being the top billing guy for almost 40 years now is insane. And so, correct Does
1: me if I'm wrong, Top run?
0: Gun. Ma- no, no, that's actually a really good point. Um, and I'm
1: probably not the person qualified to be able to have that conversation with you, but. Top Gun Maverick—that was the set that initially got exposed to COVID at the very beginning of COVID, right? And and Tom Cruise lost his fucking mind and was screaming at everybody, being like, "You cannot expose people. You need to take this health stuff seriously because we have a film to shoot." And that was reckless. And now look at him.
0: It's actually an amazing. Mission movie. Impossible is. Oh, that, that, was
1: Michigan, that was Mission. That was Mission Impossible. It wasn't because Top Gun Maverick really took was in the, my point there.
0: Top Gun, no, no, no. But here's the thing: Top Gun Maverick was in the can, and they held onto it. Okay. Um, oh,
1: oh, so yeah, they had it was done. done
0: before COVID. Yeah, it's uh, they just didn't, they wouldn't put it out, which makes they sense knew because they, they knew they had a hit. But the thing is, that if you watch Top Gun Maverick and if you went to the theater, to watch Top Gun Maverick, the movie opens with Tom Cruise just talking to you as Tom Cruise. And what he's doing is he's thanking you to come to the movies. He's thanking you to keep movies going. If you the entire Talk, movie, Top cool. Gun Maverick just for is, that,
1: I'm going to watch it. Yeah,
0: it's an entire microcosm of what Tom Cruise thinks he is to the movie industry, which is the savior of movies. I love I love that confidence.
1: It, I love that confidence that he has. If you're
0: looking at the, the Top Gun Maverick being the success it was and him holding out and saying, I'm not throwing this on a streamer. Fuck that. I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. You look right now, streamers are sort of going out again. It's back to the movie theater experience. And one can say Tom Cruise is chiefly responsible for a lot of that.
1: Hey, hey, I fucking dig it. Um, Actually, speaking of Spencer Brudig, who was in our comments section and former co-host of the pod here. Um, I believe he was talking about a friend of his who was Tom Cruise's personal assistant for a couple of years or something like that.
0: The stories on my god.
1: Yeah, the stories are incredible. But um, not getting I, it right. He's a weirdo. I can't remember. Yeah, but also, like, I mean, most people that are absolutely brilliant at their profession kind of are weirdos, right?
0: And the thing is, the doing your own stunt, They're
1: obsessed bit, with
0: it, the doing your own stunt spit that he does for Mission Impossible, the yeah. breaking your ankle with jumping from roof to rooftop. Tom will not be satisfied until he dies. Did he actually break his, his
1: ankle space. doing that?
0: Yes, The actually, what they show is Mission Impossible: Fallout. I think is the one that that happens in. Um, they use that cut. You could see his foot actually bends back with the way it's not supposed to when he's limping. The rest of the movie is because he broke his shit. And so they're like, oh my God, are you okay? And he's like, shut the fuck up. Keep shooting. No, there's no, he keeps, he, he just goes, he doesn't even tell him and lips and keeps running. And everybody's like, "What?" Well, and they had to shut down production. Okay. Like, two This guy really is the best movie
1: star ever. All right. Who he do you have only that...
0: be satisfied if he dies doing a stunt. That's how he does. That's Number how two
1: overall. Who do you got?
0: Nope. Jordan Peele's uh sci-fi horror comedy, whatever it is you want to call it.
1: This is a noted <laughs> Arsenal fan. Um gosh, what's his name? I've forgotten now. Main main guy. Daniel Kalua. Ah,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh huge Arsenal guy. Obviously gonna watch it for that reason.
0: Nope, it's incredible.
1: It's supposed to be. I I mean I saw the trailer for it. I think so there was Get Out and there was Us. Yes. Um What did you think of those two movies?
0: Get Out is an all timer. I agree. Us was um great up until the reveal.
1: Yeah, I sort of felt the reveal. I think a lot of people did. We were the like, reveal okay. was underwhelming. It, it, yeah, yeah because it. I think it just became too obvious at a certain point where it was like, okay, this is definitely the reveal, right? It's just, it's, but then it's,
0: it, it's, dumb. It's When you think about it more than 30 seconds, it's just stupid.
1: A lot of holes there. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, but Nope. Nope was great.
0: Nope. I, I, This might be controversial to say, but I think it's his finest movie. I think it's better than get out. I started that. You know, so I'm watching know.
1: Hustle. I'm watching Top Gun Maverick. I'm watching Nope bullet train i just need to finish <laughs> um and number one uh
0: not only is it my favorite movie of the year of 2022 it's what i also think is the best movie of 22 which is everything everywhere all at once done by the daniels starring um uh, michelle Yeoh, okay jamie lee kirk's um fucking great the only thing with everything all all at once which is why i'm not going to talk about it much um, there is sort of a Venn diagram of Rick and Morty fans and everything and everywhere all at once fans that are just mm. problematic as shit. Um, <laughs> okay. That yeah. feel as though if you don't agree that it's the greatest thing ever, you're a fucking piece of shit and they can't stop yelling at you. These oh, okay. yay bro dogs. Bro, got whatever. some
1: snobby fans.
0: I don't like them. And um, they make things worse. Mm-hmm. I'm more than willing to have conversations about everything everywhere all at once with anyone that's willing to hear it. But I don't want to be one of those bro dogs that is... Telling everybody they're wrong for not sharing my same opinion about everything everywhere. I was.
1: Understood. Okay. Everything everywhere. All at once. Which of these rec- which of these movies on your top 10 would you recommend to me? The one movie, if you could pick it, that I should absolutely watch. Knowing me. The menu. The menu. All right. That gets two stars, which means a K dot recommendation. The menu. All right. And that was on HBO Max, right? Yep. So I'm watching that. I need to watch the wire still need to get started on the wire issue yes, but i will by springtime the wire will be complete and i'm so looking forward to having an after the pod where we just You'll talk about powerful. the wire so just a heads up to all you guys that are still listening uh we are going to have an, an after the pod where we just talk about the wire so there will be plenty of spoilers we'll probably put out a spoiler tag maybe even have it in the uh in the uh, thumbnail that k dot always consistently makes um and does a great job of by the way uh so to conclude and recap K-Dot's favorite movies of 2022. At 10, The Northman. At 9, Hustle. 8, Bullet Train. 7, Marcel De Shell with Shoes On. 6, Barbarian. 5, The Menu. 4, Tar. 3, Top Gun Maverick. 2, Nope. 1, Everything Everywhere All At Once. K-Dot owns the movies in the top four, all four of them. He predicts an Academy Award for Kate Blanchett, and he has said that Tom Cruise is the best movie star ever. Stand with all that. And with that, enjoy your long weekend. We'll see you next week. And DC, we're just hoping that you listen. <laughs>